Welcome into the CCA California podcast. Good to be with you another week. My name is Chris alongside Kevin Nakata. Kevin, what's good, man? How are you? We're still here in the studio, not fishing. So we're doing hard work. We're doing what the you know we're doing the fishing work out here. The good work. Yeah. The good work. Yeah. So we have to change that one of these days. Well, now that we're kind of ca- caught up on our podcast, maybe we'll have to do some of that. I agree. I agree. Maybe maybe do a, an episode from somebody's boat, or maybe just know. on the water. I mean, I'm looking at some nice big baits over here from our guest today, who mm-hmm. brought in his uh, fishing rods and the product that he he's selling, and it's got me Jones, and I see a, a black dog lunkerpunker over here, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what that quad swim bait is right there. What is that, anyways? Really quick. Yeah, it's actually a, a private stuff, a local guy that makes the stuff in himself. Oh, and um, there's, I know like three of those guys, and they typically buy their stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. That thing swims. Well, bring in our guest here, Chris. Yep, for sure. Your, well, people already know who he is by <laughs> just listening to his voice. So. Yep, yep. Before we do that, make sure to go follow us on Instagram, as always, at CCA California. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast as well. We certainly do appreciate all those numbers. Everyone listening, we keep seeing those numbers grow and grow, which is I mean, who would think, Kevin, that two bums like us, two old bums, <laughs> would garner so much attention? It's I know. Crazy, crazy. We must be doing something okay, you know. I guess so. I guess so. Between the the, the you know the the podcast we've had with some really uh, unique stories, I'll put it that way. I'm mm-hmm. sure that uh, it doesn't help us drawing other people. So. Oh yeah. I've heard sure. a lot of people t- telling us that they listen to the podcast while on the road. You know, driving three to four hours. I think you know, um, you know, our guest today probably is also used to driving quite a bit so oh yeah for sure well without further ado we've got the one and only good friend of mine oliver solis oliver how are you brother good brother thanks for having me here absolutely absolutely we tried to get you in earlier but um but it's all good we have you on now but first first things first have you been out fishing lately (sighs) (laughs) you and kevin talking about fishing and i was like what is that (laughs) <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I, I did fish on last Friday. Oh, nice. Oh, and, um, How was, was it? That, that was good. Um, yeah. What were you doing? Olive, the uh, Olive Crest. Uh, oh, okay. The oh, right. Pro-Am tournament. How was that? I've heard really the, good things about it. That was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of good people there, and obviously great cost. I think uh, about $375,000 were raised, so that was, that was really wow. good. Wow. Um, so we got to go uh, on the Matame fish with that Samora um, sled and uh, we, we found some uh, some biting uh, bass towards the end of the day uh, got a nice two nice spotties really at the bridge like yeah. that were that were ended in the that, tournament that were like two point something and double that size really and we went and found one toad sand bass 4.4 sweet and so uh, and some calicos huh mixed bag calicos you know um, it was funny dude we had like I don't know five six calico sand bass mm-hmm. same spot cookie cutters 1.7 pounds we're weighing them all like we gotta pick the biggest one I'm like they all look the exact same size. <laughs> 1.7. Every single one of them. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, not 1.8. Putting, putting a whole new meaning on consistent fishing. Yeah. I'm telling you. They were buying the plastic. Mm. Nice. That goes. Nice. nice. Yeah, man. Uh, that was, uh, that's all I fish. Very cool. Artificial. Very so, cool. Um, we uh, came in third. So okay. not, not bad. I was just, I wasn't even supposed to go with those guys, but they, uh, they strung on me into it. So. They need Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you the heavy lifter then? <laughs> I ended up being it. Yeah, yeah there nice. you go. So, so the spotties were actually entered into your tournament limit. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you had a trifecta limit. You had much. you you had a sand bass. You had a couple calicos and two and two spotties. Two spotties. That's so, that's a rare thing for actually, spotties to be in. We there. actually did release the calicos and and kept the uh, the sand bass, hmm. just because they you know they they tend to be a little more dense. Mm. And I figure they shake a little, you know, that scale's going to look like a couple of ounces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Oliver, it's good to have you. Good to see you, man. It's, uh, yeah, I know, we, actually, I just saw you, we, all, we were all there at the uh, LA Banquet. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah. I did that tournament on Friday, then we did the uh, banquet on yeah. Saturday, and then on Sunday, I had something to do for work, so I went and did some uh, entertaining nice. conference mm-hmm. on Monday, and 
by Tuesday, I was like, can I get a break, you know? <laughs> There's no breaks. Not in this yeah. industry. There's no breaks, dude. And then, I, we, and then we drag you here to, to a podcast. It's <laughs> actually a nice break, you know? I yeah. get to sleep in. Nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> Very cool. Well, definitely, it was a pleasure uh, having you as our, as our seminar speaker for the banquet. It was good hanging out with you. We, uh, we got to eat some, I mean, just mouthwatering barbecue. Yeah. barbecue. Calabasas, um, Calabasas Catering. Yeah, they All did an amazing there. job over there. They did, man. For sure. Can, can you tell us about what you do uh, for your business in the fishing industry, how that uh, came along? First of all, you know, introduce the, the audience to <clears throat> what, you, uh, what you do. Yeah. So, very, very long story, but I'll try to keep it short. Hey, we got uh, time. It's all fourth good. generation at Angler. Uh, my great grandfather and his dad fished commercially, that's how they supported the families. My dad and my uncle, only kids they had, only boys, I should say that, only kids, uh, fished in the sports uh, industry, fishing, uh, sports fishing. And so um, my cousins and I, all of us basically just took it as a sport. You know, uh, I decided to take an office job. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, been at it for about 30 years now, but you know, mm-hmm. um, pretty good industry that I'm in, uh, the legal field, working with uh, attorneys. And so um, about 10 years ago, um, I, I've always had this plan, this plan of, you know, this is going to be my retirement project. I'm going to end up in the fishing industry once. Once I'm done uh, working for corporate America and, uh-huh. and, and the man. Um, the man. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be your own man. Yeah. And you then know, there'll be the tax man. Right. But the, the, the tax man follows me around everywhere I go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> whether, that's whether, the truth. whether you're your own man or not, you know, mm-hmm. there's still that man above you. Um, which is fine. You know, there's good reason for that. Um, competition from another day. Mm-hmm. So um, um situation uh, came up where uh, I said, you know what, I think I'm gonna kick it off. I was 44, 45 and um got an opportunity to uh, to start the company. Um, I had been already doing a lot of this stuff on my on my own. And what is this stuff? Developing plants, uh, fishing, you know, my own lures, uh, a lot of the private stuff. And so I, work, I was working with a couple of the companies and a couple of uh, tackle shops uh, where we were just, you know, testing stuff all the time. And so I was paying uh, this one guy um, who had a connection to a rock company so that we could develop planks. Um, and um, we, you know, I, I started testing different planks and wanted to do something different than what the industry offers and no knock on anybody, right? Uh, we just on and you, you love whatever you fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more of a Calstar guy, uh, you know, growing up. I, I loved the, the Calstar composite rod, but I wanted something a little bit slower. Uh, they seemed just a little too fast. And then, um, you know, I switched over to Phoenix with the, you know, the creation or bringing in the full graphite rod and lifting 90, 100 pounds. Um, and that was great when I was young and didn't have back, back issues. Um, so then, you know, uh, that's what happens with the full graphite rod, right? You, you provide the muscle. They're so fast and stiff. It's like, you know, just straight. As I like to compare graphite, it's just bone. There's no muscle, there's no muscle in it. Uh, that muscle comes from, yeah, from the glass. And then there's, you know, a company that's made the glass rods throughout time. And I never really liked the glass rods. It's just too heavy, um, too slow, too shut off. And every fishery that you that you do, um, every fish that you chase, and you need a different type of rod. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a place and time for, for all of it. So The right um, tool for the job. That's right. So um, as you can see, I'm a bass hit. Uh, I grew up fishing largemouth. And so bass, bass, bass everywhere. Really? You know? Yeah. I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, so... Um, you can't see that right here. <laughs> oh, now I do. <laughs> I brought seven rods and they're all bass rods. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I feel like we're all fishing right now, too. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, I've, I've had this passion for the sport. Uh, I love bass fishing. Um, I, I just think that's probably one of the, you know, best fish to chase uh, around the world. They're aggressive. You know, they're not easy to catch. Um, we stay on the boats, right? Calico's not for everybody. Uh, and that's true. So, um, I've been at a point to just fish artificials and you need the right rod for this stuff. So, as time went by, I you know, invested money into developing my own blanks. And then I have friends that would do the same thing with me. So, we invest into getting 50 blanks or one model done. And then you know, we 
sell it amongst the group and people be using that. Mm-hmm. Some friends, you know, uh, on the boat that basically I grew up with, right, with deck hands and other captains. So, um, about five years ago, um, I had the money to finance going this, taking the public and investing more and making it bigger site. Nice. Decided to uh, create and start the brand. Which is? Fishing Syndicate. That's right. Nice. FSB. But, you know, back five years ago when you, five years ago when you started the brand, right? So, back then, did you ever think it would grow to as big as it is right now? So, it's funny, Chris, because um, I've had different people ask me that. Mike Blue, Captain Mike Blue was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, look, I don't, don't want to sound like a prick here, but I sort of did. Um, nice. Because of the plan I had. Um, I knew that for it to grow, I had run into good people, like you guys, CCA. Um, I mean, I give you a, a laundry list of people, you know, um, Terrence, Lancer and Six Tuna, mm-hmm. Sergio, Andrew Chronicles, um, and you and Wayne, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Fish Taco, Sean Arnold, um, and Bill Baxton, Baxton Enterprises. Yeah. So, these are good people that, you know, uh, help um, get this off the ground. Uh, when, when I first went to all the red companies, I had supported. Um, and companies that, you know, exist, right? I literally called every single one of them. Mm-hmm. From Seeker, to Calstar, to Cousins, to United Composite, and Phoenix. And I told them all, I said, I, I like to, you know, develop my own blank. Like, I already have what, what I want. Just I just need someone to roll them for me. Mm-hmm. And none of them will do it. They were like, no, I want you to buy our blanks and custom wrap them. Well, listen, I am not a custom wrapper. People <laughs> think I am, I'm not. You don't want me custom wrapping your rod. Interesting. Because it'll be worse than an acid wrap. Hurting all the way around. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That's interesting. So I yeah. never I, I never knew that. I would think, you know, being, you know, a rod developer and all that stuff, you you know, kinda go through the next the, the natural steps of process right. of building a rod. And, and so, you know, um, why spend the money in, in setting up a, a whole manufacturing plant when there's already five of them? Mm-hmm. who could use the extra cash and it was in the sense it was creating competition uh, mm-hmm. right uh, my thought was well yeah but you could control your competition right mm-hmm. and so two of them took me up on it um, one of them went away eventually because we became too competitive for them and so now we have one company that rolled from blanks to our specs and um, you know Ken was asking me whose blanks are these they're FS blanks so I designed them uh, with their engineers. I work with their engineers, uh, telling exactly what I'm looking for, how I want it, the action, the power, the width of that, the diameter of that blank. And I prototype a lot. And how, how many um, different models do you have? Over 30. And how many uh, different, so those are models or those styles or what's the breakdown so of yeah, your... So yeah, so there's cues on models. So my, my cheesy saying, because I can't come up with anything better, is uh, from trout to cows. Okay. Nice. You know? uh, nice. So we you know, developed a couple of uh, trout, uh, trout rods. Um, I I listen to what people want. Now look, I'm, you can, I'm not a trout fisher, I'm a trout angler, right? Um, I would do that here and there just to stay the kids during the winter because I need to go with a line and drink a beer, right? Yeah. So, um, that sounds so great right now. Right? <laughs> no beer? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a few guys in my group now who that's really what they do. They go to the Sierras or they mini jig. Uh, I'm horrible at mini jigging. Hmm. So, what do you need again? So I worked with them on getting them what they wanted. So we went through about four different prototype rods, and I would always build about 10 pieces at a time and put them in 10, di- 10 different people's hands. Uh, I try to keep one for myself, you know, as a prototype. Um, but if I find someone that that's what they do, I mean, I'll happily hand it, off, hand it over and say, mm-hmm. go test it. So these guys give me, give me feedback. Um, some guys in the industry, uh, obviously. And, um, you know, they... They would come back and say, that's too stiff, it's too fast, you need a little more action, a little more power. And so I would then go back to formula with the engineers and say, okay, no, now we got to refine this, right? Take that and make it a little slower, make it a little faster. Um, 
the one rule I have for my blanks, uh, basically three rules, and people think it's just a slogan, and it's not. Um, and when I say that these blanks are sensitive, light, or light, sensitive, and powerful, if a blank that I develop with the engineers does not meet that requirement, that standard, it just doesn't get built. Mm-hmm. It has to have a combination of three. And that, in my opinion, is what the industry has, has lacked. Right? Uh, I mean, just think about it, right? Again, you know, people think it's a slogan, it's not. So, like, light, sensitive, powerful. So, for it to be sensitive, you kind of get rid of glass. Mm-hmm. You know, glass is not really sensitive, mm-hmm. glass is powerful. Um, light, uh, you have to have a combination. Graphite is light, but it's not powerful. So, how do you combine your sensitivity that you get from graphite with the power you get from uh, glass and end up with a light black. Um, you know, it's not easy. And, and I understand that, you know, why, why the other companies wouldn't do that. You know, I, I respect that, right? You know, uh, they've made what they've made over the, over the last few decades and people buy that and that's fine, you know. Um, uh, I'm anal. On that note, I think you just answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Just in conversation with you over the years and all that, with all of your models, all 30 of them, you are very meticulous and also very, um, uh, I guess, what am I trying to say here? Talking Basically, well, you, with when it comes to all of your models, you're you're picky. Like, you're, you're making sure that every single one is top-notch in quality. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great yeah. quality. So, um, quality is important. <laughs> um, you know, why you why a company will make nothing but uh, glass rock is uh, to avoid breakage. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You know, glass doesn't doesn't break. It flexes like muscle. When it does break, it explodes. Uh, you don't want to be around when that happens. It's a mm-hmm. you know, pretty loud explosion. Yeah. Um, graphite is brittle. It's like bone, right? doesn't bend quite properly. Um, and, you know, um, when you make a full graphite rod, there's no joint. You know, it's like our arm fight. I always do that compared to another body. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's light, you know, um, stiff, and yes, powerful. So, do all your rods have a very, very composite uh, from the trout rod all the way to the tuna rods? No. The, do the, the trout rods have straight graphite? Yep. Okay. So, there, you, you have made exceptions to uh, having a composite for certain different kinds of species, um, the trout being one. What about bass? So what you really need to composite is, is in the ocean. Sure. Um, and, and you need that for kingfish in the ocean, right? Maybe not calicos, though, right? Not, no, definitely not. Can you? Sure. You know, uh, but you know, how much power do you need for a calico? What you need for a calico is something that shuts off fast and you get them out of the weeds, get them out of, you know, get them out of the structure, right? Applies to all bass, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you spotty fish, what do you want? Something that shuts off fast and you get that bite. Because that, it takes a split second for the spotty to rock you. Right. And, and large mouth too. And large mouth. Not, not rocking you. But <laughs> yeah. No, but they'll find the weeds, right? Mm-hmm. They'll turn. I mean, that's, that's what they do. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, bass, groupers, they have the exact same, you know, um, they're wired the exact same, right? You know, um, sandbass. You're fishing sandbass in the structure and, you know, split second. So if you have a slow rod, that it takes you two to three turns on that handle to tighten that line and bring them out, you're, you're done, you're rocked. And that's where the graphite rod comes in. So the trout rod all the way to our inshore uh, are all graphite. Okay. And when it comes to graphite, um, think of, uh, you know, material in our shirt, right? Um, there's cotton, there's polyester, and there's a blend. So. Same goes with these fibers, right? Because that's really what they are. Glass and graphite are, are fibers, and just like they are apparel. And so, in graphite, there's different grades from right. like RX4 all the way to like RX8, right? And so, uh, when you see rods out there that are really stiff um, by companies and they're inexpensive, I guarantee you they're using like an RX4 graphite. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're heavy. And then, when you go to companies that are using RX-7, um, there's several using RX-7. The rods tend to be a lot lighter. They also tend to be a lot more brittle. Um, 
and you know you high stick those things in the wrong hand will simply just snap like a toothpick so so can you explain to people um, the graphite materials uh, used and, and how they vary in their number I know that is it, it you say RX4 versus RX8 but is this a number of roll um, uh, flags used or um, sheets used for that uh, blank or is this a different material, a different um, style of graphite, whether it's got a smaller tube size in there, in each part of the uh, the you know yes. molecular level. So you know, I'm not an engineer, uh, right? As I said before, and uh, I don't have all the information uh, for that stuff. I, I can tell you that uh, from an angler standpoint, uh, which is what matters to me, because first of all, I'm doing this as an angler. Um, first thing that matters is you know, the durability of this graphite and the weight, right? So um, it takes less material from RX-7 and RX-6 to get the same strength that you would get with RX-4. So it's definitely a thinner material. It's woven differently, right? And so um, the higher you go in the graphite series from RX-4 to RX-8, the, the lighter the material becomes. So it takes less material to make it as strong, to, make it, to give you the strength, mm -hmm. right? The rating that you're looking for. So uh, cotton, heavy, 2X shirt, gets wet. You know, it stays wet for a little bit and it's heavy. You put on polyester, that thing evaporates a lot quicker. It's a lot lighter. So polyester, less material to achieve the exact same thing that cotton would do for a shirt. Mm -hmm. And so that's how RX-6, 7, 8, and the others uh, work. So in your composites, are you using mostly a graphite section on, on the tip and then a fiberglass rear end, or are you blending it a little differently? Yeah, so it's, it's funny, right, because everyone thinks that that's the way it goes. The, the glass actually runs straight up and down the blank when you use that composite. Uh, you, you have to, right, to get that the right strength. And then you layer the RX-6, and that's what we're using on our blend, RX-6. Uh, you layer that RX-6 to provide a backbone. And so, um, Think of our bodies, right? There's bone, and there's muscle, and then there's skin. So a comparison that would be, you know, your graphite, your glass, and your clear coat. That's, you know, basically a comparison of, of you know, a blank. And as I tell people, um, think of a rod as an extension of your arm. That tip, it's like your fingers. That's, you know, you use that for action. Mm -hmm. You don't use that for heavy lifting, right? You don't lift 100 pounds with four fingers. And you don't lift 100 pounds, you use use your entire shoulder and arms to, to pick up that weight, right? And you don't, if you're gonna take take a walk with 100 pounds, you don't carry it on your arm, I mean, on your hand, right? You throw it up on your shoulder and then walk over to wherever you're going. Makes sense. So that's what, you know, brats are supposed to do. That tip is where the action is. And so a good friend, Ben Seacrest, you know, him and I on the radio, you know, get pretty deep into this stuff, right? And so. You, you get that, that rod and that tip is your action that's what you use for casting. Once you get bit, what you want to do is you want to use that backbone, right? That's what we call it, right? Backbone, use the backbone, use the power. Uh, that's the reason why these these rods have the diameters that they have, you know? Uh, the, the, there's a purpose behind all that, the way that tool is designed. So the power comes from that back end of the rod. The higher you lift that rod, the more you're using the weak, weakest part of the rod. And so that's why we talk about the high sticking, right? And um, where the rods typically break between 12 and 18 inches. And for people who, who listen and maybe don't know what high sticking is, um, we'll tell people what it is. So it, the, the connotation, well, high sticking has a wrong connotation sometimes. Because everybody thinks, oh, lifting up high. You could high stick. Lifting the rod up uh, while you're bent on a fish. You, that's right. That's right. right. Or you're stuck on the bottom. Or stuck on the right. bottom. Yeah. Or on the motor. Yeah. <laughs> people do that all the time. Kevin, that. you get stuck on the motor a lot. Uh, <laughs> I have some stories about people. Uh, <laughs> not me. That's never happened to me, but I've heard. <laughs> um, so there's a talk about a 45 degree angle, right? And and what is that 45 degree angle? Um, you hear a lot of people talk about that. You know, Alan Tani, um, what have a lot of respect for. Um, talks about that 45 degree angle. Well, what is a 45 degree angle, right? You're looking at a corner, right, basically. And so that 45 degree angle 
uh, could be in any shape or form, as long as you keep that rod in that line, right? If we had a video here, we'd be able to show people. I, I know 45 degrees is, is 45 degrees, but does it depend on the angler? It what? Depends on the fish. On the fish, okay. Right? And I mean, we're always standing on our knees, right? And we're typically on the boat or on land, and you know, we're in a very similar position no matter where we're fishing. Mm -hmm. uh, pier, boat, land, kayak, right? Sure. Um, it's that line, the position of the line and that rod that matters. So when a fish scopes out, right, you hook on a big bluefin and they tend to scope out, you know, um, you start lifting the rod up high. Coming up to the surface. Yes, yeah, yeah. right. And so you want to keep that 45 degree angle between that blank and that line. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're giving that fish a lot of power, right? And so that we'll get into the... You know, giving the fish power and, and controlling the fish. A fish dives under the boat after you've been, you know, invited to the boat. And that's another one mistake I see where the 45 degree angle is not understood. So a guy gets a bluefin, and we all know bluefin. They come to the boat once, they take a long run again, right? Mm -hmm. They're never done. And so the tendency of people after having fought a fish for 15, 30 minutes, they're tired. That fish takes another run. The first thing they do is lift that right up. Straight up in the air. They just lift 12 o'clock. They lift it up, period. And you ask them, what are you trying to do? Well, I was trying to stop it from running. <laughs> oh, they don't run. They swim. They are powerful <laughs> swimmers. Uh, you can't stop them. Uh, if you want to slow them down, you have to put drag on your tools. And how you do that is you drop the rod down to where you're using the back end of the rod. That's where the power is. You know, first guide, the stripper guide, the second guide. That's where the strongest part of the rod's gonna be. And then you use that reel. Don't thunder the reel. Use the drag on that reel. That fish is going to run, a swim, till it gets tired. You know, you have to bring it right back. And it might take two, three rounds on you. Mm -hmm. You know, if the deck is not there, you bring it to to the boat. It, it won't, right? might. It will. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I've never seen one just come in later, you know. So let's talk about your 45 degree thing really quick, your your, your concept behind having um, the rod and the line lining up with each other to create that angle. Mm -hmm. So your first part of the angle with the line that's being created to create the 45 degree angle is the line itself connected to the fish. So your point, your end point would be the fish being tied on with the lure. Then you have the line going up to the rod tip. Right. That's Which your first is going line. To bend. Right. Well, then the rod itself is going to bend, but right. it's connected to the butt, the which reel. is the other end point that's right. that you're connecting into your body. And that's it right there. So the 45 degree angle you're trying to achieve is from the rod tip to the line and then the rod tip to the butt section of your body. So it's not so much to the tip, but literally, because that tip's going to bend, right? So I think, you know, um, that's going to be a good reference point. It's, you want to you wanna look at where your, your reel is and where that fish is at. And that's your reference point, right? So that fish scopes out, you want to lift that rod up a little bit. When that fish starts to come towards the boat and under the boat, you want to start dropping that rod. And when that fish is straight up and down on the boat, you literally want to, you want your rod at 180. It doesn't count that tip because the tip's going to be bent all the time. When that fish runs under the boat, that's when you get that rod off your, you know, armpit, armpit, and you point it down, right? Mm -hmm. You walk around the boat. So you'll see a lot of times, guys, uh, fishes straight up and down the boat, and they still have a rod in their gut. Mm -hmm. And they're fighting that fish, and the fish is just jerking them around. And you see that tip of the rod just going left, right? You know, they're, they don't have the fish under control. Once that fish is under, straight up and down the boat, you don't want to have your rod under your armpit, or you want to have it on the rail. Because that's what's going to create that 45 degree angle. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to give you the strength, or that's when you're going to be using that rod, part of the uh, the power part of the rod. So the rod is like a, le uh, like a lever, right? Literally a lever. The, the more you use the tip end of the rod, the action, the more you're giving that fish control. Now, now let's talk about something that's going to throw some throw you off a little bit, okay? Is this a hardball? Yeah, this is a hardball. <laughs> All right. This this one this one's a good one then. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of guys that fish IGFA world records. You're not allowed to rail the fish. That would prevent you from getting the record author or uh, approved if there's any evidence of that. So for stand-up guys walking around the boat with the rod bent over and, you know, being attached to maybe a harness or something and they have the rod put into a belt, how would you recommend they fight the fish if the fish is straight up and down? They're in the belt. They're in the belt. They got to they gotta be on 400-something pound, you know, you know, mm. line-class record tuna. You better have a glass rod. All right. <laughs> Can't touch the rail either. Can't be assisted. No one can help you. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I I don't really look at the IGFA stuff. Um, I I fish for, for the sport and for fun, right? So I, I don't know the rules. I have no personal interest in ever, um, you know, Holding a war record—that's not what I, what I, why I'm doing this for. I'm doing this for fun. Well, just I'm just saying. Let's just say someone is trying to catch a fish with stand-up. How are they going to do that with they, a they have to line class record fish? I don't think they have to put that under the armpit. And you could, you know. I mean, I see guys. What about bent butt? Um, sure. I mean, you know, bent butt's different, right? That automatically has that right angle already, and. Um, there's a guy that we know. He, he fishes with uh, Mardas Sport Fishing down in PB, who who we sponsor. Um, he had us. He asked us to make him um, an unlimited uh, bent butt on a short uh, size four uh, Alps uh, bent butt because he's gonna go fish PEI and oh, yeah. he wants to get <laughs> a five six hundred pound bluefin uh, stand up wearing a belt. The guy is only about five, and Alex, I'm sorry if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> only about five, five. Uh, you know, I may be not being fair to him. Oh, crap, I can't lie. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you, I you put say, that one on yourself. I, would say, I know. I would say he's on here at 150. Uh, I mean, I'm like, you sure you want to do this? Stand up? And you know what? He may be going for that world record you're talking about. He's going to be in, we built a rock. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we built the right prior to COVID. And so for the last year, I don't think he's been out there. Um, we've still developed a couple of composite unlimited blanks to put on bent butts. And we're putting those in a size 6 Alps uh, bent butt so that, you know, an ADW could be used. Um, kind of like, you know, wicked tune style. Although those guys typically, uh, what, they, what they use are straight glass rods. Mm-hmm. That's why you see those rods bent so, so badly, you know. Um, Again, remember, um, there's hardly a chance that glass will, will break. It, it'll explode. Uh, once the fibers are compromised, um, you know, then the fibers get compromised in different ways. You know, you drop a rod and it gets hit with a jig. Um, and that's why graphite rods break so much. Sometimes, sometimes literally the vibration of being in a plane will make a graphite rod get a crack in there. Dang. Really? Yes. It's been oh. proven. Um, and wow. then, you know, you go put so that's, that's logistically that. coming over if they're getting air freighted, that could already, you know, mm-hmm. hit up a few of those blanks. Yeah, so over. typically, wow. you know, they, they come bubble wrap. Right. Stuff like that. Yes, you know, so that's to, true. So take them. Um, you, you see guys carrying the rods in their trucks, right? And they, the rocks are sticking out and they're in the trucks and they're bouncing around. And yeah. No one puts any foam in that on that edge. Um, they actually sell, uh, I had that for my avalanche, right, where, I don't know if you saw that, um, there's this pad and it's got about two inch pad, so you tie them down, and although you're going to be bouncing, at least it's not bouncing on that hard oh, surface okay, yeah. uh, of your lift gate. Um, and so I, I see that on Fubo all the time, and I'm like, okay, those rods <laughs> are getting, you know, they're, they're getting damaged. Um, the fibers are, are, are being compromised, and that's when a rod breaks. Mm-hmm. A rod breaks when the fibers are compromised. That's like... You know, your shirt gets uh, snagged on the hook when you're walking by a jig, mm-hmm. and then, you know, starts to tear. And, and perfect example, if your polyester shirt gets snagged, I mean, it's done. It's yeah. going to go all the way across. With cotton, it's a little different. You might get a hole, and you kind of put it to wash and dry, and, you know, it's still there. You can still see it, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't um, like, literally go to waste, right? You, you, still, you can still use it. And that's that reason I, I do the comparison of graphite and glass with polyester and cotton. Mm. Oliver, let's, you know, you're the, the fishing syndicate brand. Let's talk about that a little bit. 
You're constantly expanding. I swear, I don't think I go to a landing, a boat, uh, any fishing trip or whatever. I'm always seeing your brand represented, whether it's on a T-shirt or a hat or even rods, too. I mean, I, I got to give it to you, man. You're doing a, a fantastic job in the marketing department and all that. And, you know, just going to your store is actually pretty kick-ass, too, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, you know, you, you've done a really good job branding-wise. Yeah. It's, it's really exploded. So, you know, uh, part of the business plan, right? Mm-hmm. Grow the brand. Uh, people, uh, if you look at the, at the brand, right? Fishing Syndicate, inshore, mm-hmm. offshore. Had a lot of opinions. Oh, they should say rods. And then, sure, if we were a rod company, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're more than that. You know, everyone thought, you know, we, we were just going to be another rod company. Uh, we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, there, there's a lot more to, to come. And I am always working in the background on the next release. Um, I try to release, you know, one or two items every year. Mm-hmm. Um COVID wasn't so bad for us and allowed me to do a lot of development and um, you know we, we were busy I mean the outdoors is what was available to us right fishing we never stopped fishing so um, there's a lot more to come there's always something that we're working on in, in, in the background and we don't release anything Kevin unless it's been it's met the requirements um, you know uh, it's all part of the investment Absolutely. It's all part of the investment. So, yeah, there's um, there's more stuff coming down the pipe. And, and yes, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's there's at least another six designs that I'm working on um, that are going to get released slowly. I try to release um, a design, two designs a year. Uh, I like to make it four, but, again, COVID didn't allow us to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, blanks and a series of blanks as well. So... We are currently working on an inshore composite. Um, and what that's going to do is it's a thin diameter blank that allows you to put a trigger seat on it. Because yeah. everyone nowadays, whether we like it or not, whether both captains like it or not, everyone carries Alexa. <laughs> Three and four hundred. Low pro yeah. Low profile. Um, I, I love the pro- low profile mm-hmm. um, reels. I mean I, I grew up fishing fast again, right? I've, I've used those. Yeah. Um, and having them available, uh, yeah, saltwater reel, I, I, I love it, dude. Um, not a tuna reel, uh, guys out there, please listen, listen to the captains. Not a tuna reel. I did it. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Um, guilty as charged. But yeah. the, let's let's be honest. You know, our SoCal fishing uh, scene has completely changed over the last you know decade, uh, in the last five years. There's no, there's really no room for Alexa 400 um, when you know there's, you know, 100 pound bluefin swimming around. And it's been done. Well, hold, hold on. Because <laughs> I, I do this on a regular basis with Alexa 400 TW. I mean, this is this is something I do regularly. And I'm sure you're hated for it. Well, well hold on. <laughs> there's merit. Well, no, because it's on my boat. It's on oh, It's a private well, boat. So you have to be clear boat. about this. Right. Because not everyone's going to go out there on a charter boat and have, you know, Alexa TW, 400 TW, and go out there and have um, their shot to do this and want to do it because other people are going to be like, hey, man, it's going to take you an hour plus to get on that fish and get it up. Right. But you're on a private boat. There's a That's lot a of... story. Well, yeah, but you have to make that clear because there's a lot of people out there that love to do it, yes. and it works very well because oh, you yeah. can get way better distance, way more accurate casts, which make a big difference in catch catch rates. That's so, very and, true. And you're right, Kevin. That, that's why I said uh, captains in that camp. So I was literally referring to the open party uh, boat, uh, the people that go on the open party boats, right? You know, you, you want to come with the right gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your private boat, hey, yeah. S- cap Six boat. packs, too. Six yeah. packs are yeah. all, also doing it. You if know? the four of us were fishing, you know. I'd be using it. Yeah, I'd be there, right? You could also be like producer Darren that fights a 60-pound bluefin on it. 400 size reel too heck yeah heck yeah all day long I mean so before all these big fish right most of us our biggest tuna was 50 pounds right yeah I mean you know we all walk around with the patch you know, on our shoulders yeah, 50 pound tuna <laughs> um, yeah, you know on the start drive right uh, whether it was uh, you know a pen or whether it was a, a pro year back in the days or you know saltist a saltist a sea line a sea line you know a, Shema, um, a Trinidad the cold one right mm-hmm you know, we, we all had that, right? Um, I remember when I first 
first saw a hundred pound bluefin was about fifteen years ago. I was on a two and a half day with Tommy Tommy Lee on the uh, on the freedom, and we went out one hundred and fifty miles out. Uh, it was nasty out there, mm. and Tommy said, "Hey, you know somebody sink a mega bait. Remember those mega bait? No, oh, yeah." <laughs> yeah, they stopped making them for a while, and they went to Luna Jig, and, and I bought a bunch of Lunas. Everyone uses oh, yeah. the, uh, the coal sniper now. Um, yeah. So uh, this one guy from up north drops a mega bait. Mine again. We're used to seeing school-sized tuna with a 50-pounder, right? This guy's got a short rod. I have a 9-footer. Uh, you know, casting my surface iron mega bait, right? Sinking that mega bait. This guy sinks, you know, the... Six, I think it's a six or eight ounce mega bait, single hook. He was from up north. Um, he's got a uh, Shimano TLD 25 two speed. Sweet, so he was ready. Yeah. A six foot rod. But listen, that to me, that was just a trolling rod. That, you know, I, I didn't care for trolling. Oh, yeah. The freaking sinks at about 100 feet. And I just saw that rod just go. <laughs> this guy was like slammed to the rim, like, what was that? <laughs> then I, I see this guy struggling. He's going around the boat. Big boat, right? Yeah. 85, 90 feet. Went around the boat twice. And I was like, I put myself away. I was like, nah, not for me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm happy with my, you know, 20, 30 pound fish and, and a 150 pound bluefin does it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'll weather the rest of my life. Right. Uh, dude, like, that was a, that was a month from those days, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and he had a two speed reel, right? Not the two speed reels we have nowadays. Uh, but even then, you know, it took him forever. Right. Uh, right now the race is to who land the 300 pounder in 15 minutes. Uh, no, I'll watch. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll gladly film that. I don't yeah. want any part of it. <laughs> it's gonna be so hot. <laughs> did you did you um, do you uh, keep up with fishermen's processing down in uh, San Diego? I follow them. So so they did you see the post they recently did? Which one? The one about the tuna tag? No. This is two days ago from when we we're talking. They just had a tag come back. It's a 20 pound fish. Guess where it came from? Japan. Really? Yep. Just nice. came across. Really yeah. Nice. Very, very recently. That was cost, but we caught over here. Mm -hmm. You know, so traveled from Japan over here in its short lifetime because a twenty-pound fish is very young. Right. Came over here, probably you know maybe a month. It usually takes thirty days from the travel to traverse yep. the, from Japan to here, mm -hmm. from what we understand. Right. Think about how much fish could be moving in and around the ocean on a regular basis. Oh, like yeah. those people may not understand that there's a real possibility we might get a thousand pound fish one day. So, so there's that, and then um, this is just for that you know personal opinion, right? Um, not I'm not a scientist. I'm just an angler. I think so. About 15 years ago, um, I used to go down to um, fish down in Mexico all the time. I literally would drive down to La Paz. I just loved it, you know, loved the peninsula. And I would go two weeks just fishing spots, you know, spend the night, drive down the next day, fish again. Um, wouldn't keep the fish, I just let, let the captains keep it. I just wanted to go wet the lines and, and pull on something. So about 15 years ago, 16, they started those tuna pens in, in, in Ensenada, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my personal theory, and I'm not pushing, uh, you know, uh, any ideas on anybody is when this first happened there was a lot of tuna being caught with parasites these tuna were escaping those pens and when you keep these fish uh, in these pens and you feed them I think life how does that guy put it in the movie uh, life will life, life will, will find a way life will find a way uh, yeah. life happens right I mean what, what are these tuna doing in there and my opinion is that some of these tuna are, are local you know, um, why are they here year-round all of a sudden? I mean, we never had that before. You know, we Not in this size. Right. And if, you know, whatever size they increase, everyone might hear different opinions, you know, per year. So do the math. 50 you know. pounds on average per year. That's what they put on. So it's kind of crazy. Well, it's, it's kind of been that timeline, so right? That yeah. By the man, how many years we've had this 100-year yeah. cycle phenomenon. If it is a hundred years, if it is a hundred years, that's I said. If, yeah, yeah. Quote, yeah. Quote, we, <laughs> and I'm not questioning it. I'm sure I'm not a scientist. You know, you know, I fish. Yeah. But I fish enough to know that this is not something normal in our waters, right? We have yellowtail year round, mm -hmm. and we don't catch yellowtail year round. 
you know, and they school, and they come by the horde, you know, by the hordes from, from, from the south and our islands. They have a pretty healthy, you know, uh, supply of these fish that swim around here. Um, we, we're used to seeing tuna being a summer fish, right? You know, and, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd have to go on a five-day head down to Orcidros to get these bluefin. Now you get on a half-day boat and you drive about an hour <laughs> off the beach and you're catching these bluefin. Less than that sometimes. Uh, less than that. Don't get me wrong, I love it, dude. It's actually great for the industry. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we have now what I like to call a year-round fishery, which we didn't have, you know, a few years back. So, so going down this just a little bit deeper. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> he did warn me about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you know we had a moratorium for these bluefin, you know, around 20, was that 2014, Chris? Yeah, 2014. 2014. So, brought the, the, the limit down in California, specifically California, U.S. waters, actually, from what was here in California, 10, down to 2, and also reduced uh, the commercial quotas in many different countries, including Mexico and the U.S. So, do you feel like that's made a difference? I think conservation always makes a difference. Um, That's just my opinion, right? I grew up fishing in Santa Monica Bay, and back in those days, you know, limits of sand bass was the everyday story. Morning, half day, afternoon, half day, and twilight. Nowadays, you go and you catch two to four at a great tape uh, for any individual. So, um, it, it, it's a catch me too, I think, all the way around, right? Uh, I love the sport. Um, that's the reason why I didn't want to do it commercially. Um, and um, I, I love the fleet. I have friends in the fleet. I, you know, uh, I, don't want, I don't want the fleet to go away. So, but that's a fine balance, right? So I, so I think any type of conservation uh, makes a difference. Um, I've ate calico in my life, and guilty as charged of keeping, you know, the 10 limit in Tanzania when I was younger, and didn't understand conservation. I was so happy when they, you know, raised, they raised the uh, side limit to 15 inches, and down to 14, five, four, four 14 inches, inches yeah. my bad, yeah. 14 inches, right? And bag limits to five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it, that's made a difference. Does that, does that mean a difference? Uh, absolutely. I've seen it. You know, there's some bigger models nowadays out there. And I, about, yeah, about 15 years ago, I, you know, started catching and releasing. And sure, you know, the seals have benefited a little bit from that at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a whole different topic I don't want to touch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, I mean, when it comes to conservations, you know, specifically the bass, I think that's actually a trend that's catching on, especially with the younger generation, which is great. It's really, really oh, cool. Yeah, please, thank you. I forgot I was talking to CCA. <laughs> but the way the the next generation is being groomed to be able to understand this better yeah. mm-hmm. because they're starting to see the difference it's making that's why I'm hitting these yeah, I'm no, trying no. to I, get your opinion on this you know I'm at 49 I'm caught between generations right my dad's generation that killed everything they caught uh, I grew up seeing that right to now I teach my, my kids you know, it's catch and release. So, um, my Josiah, who's 14, uh, teenage years, so when he was at a younger, five, six, I, I, I had one with me on the boat, you know, half day, three quarters, eight, day and a half. Did, did his first day and a half at six. Uh, outfished everybody on that boat and got his trifecta, only yellowfin on the boat. That was on the eclipse at Cortez Bank. Nice. Uh, school size bluefin. That's I think cool. still, uh, on the anchor, remember those days? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then what was the last week in Albacore? Uh, no, so he missed the Albacore, totally missed the Albacore. But, you know, we, we used to go out there and um, ride in the fall, anchor up and, you know, fish. Um, and so he, he got his trifecta at six. Uh, came back and... Um, trifecta meaning what, though? So he, he got um, his uh, bluefin, uh-huh. yellowfin, and yellowtail. Oh, okay, cool, oh, yeah. cool. Um, he's got it, he got it, his limit, right? except for the elephant, there was only one, the only one on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the reason I bring this up is, um, you know, I used to take him on a half day, and it was so catch and release, right? And he would, he would like it, like, no, I want to take that one. 
Mm-hmm. Why am I? Why, why are we releasing that? I want it, and he wanted to feel that bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't, we don't kill these fish. Like you know, we take a couple of sculpin, and if we get a red snapper, you know, uh, he loved this, this red snapper. I said, I'll cook this for you, mm-hmm. but you know, like all this stuff, or we're not, we're not really taking home. Like we don't need to take home a limit. The limit is what you're gonna eat tonight, and that's it. It doesn't. So, in my books, it doesn't hit the pizza. You know, nice. uh, I'll eat it raw. Um, so at six years old, he got the trifecta. He did, man. And then, that's cool. So that's got to make you proud. That, that, oh, heck yeah! The he's next locked weekend, in for life at that point. Yeah. Well, the next weekend, I said, "Hey, let's go to the happy." But he goes, "Nah, I only do overnights now." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, nah. So remember when the girls were at the one fifty, mm-hmm. and um, I took them. Um, so we did the day and a half on the. Um, on the eclipse, he got you know all these fish. Uh, I was his personal deck hand, so I was you know casting his uh, rod. I, guess. <laughs> I was casting his rod, and you know uh, he knew exactly how to find the fish. That pool keeps him moving one way or the other. That's cool. And the fish is running. I said, "Don't touch the handle." He do this number. As soon as that pool stopped, he put his hand in the handle, just start hammering back. You know, and I said, "The tug of war." You know, yeah. so when it runs, you just let it run. Or it swims. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, we go on the Nudia Mar half day, afternoon, half day. The yellows moved in there and into the bay. He hooks the yellow, and there's someone on the other side fishing the wrong side of the boat. Mm. Oh. He snags him, uh, snags his line, and we're screaming, Don't pull, don't pull. We see the fish have color. He's excited. He's about to bring him in. Guy keeps pulling. Those oh. is his fish, and that's exactly what he said. I'm never going back to the half day. Those guys don't know how to fish. <laughs> uh, I'm a half day guy. Uh, we, yeah. we sort of know how to fish. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah. So what's your what's your favorite um, what's your favorite boat uh, right now to go fish on? Like who who are you fishing regularly on? You're not supposed to ask me that. Oh okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, who, who, um, what, what length length trip? You just said you're half day. Are you for sure a half day guy? No, you're no, not. No. You're not a so, multi day guy. No, no. I'm definitely a multi day. Um, never got to do long range. Um, circumstances yes. in life yet. Yes, yes that's, that's definitely coming. Uh, circumstances in life. You know my personal situations. Mm-hmm. Um, got got into the five days before Cedros. You know we missed Waterloo because of a, um, there was a storm down below, so we couldn't go. Uh, I enjoy the multi-days. I'm also a family man. Love being home with the kids <laughs> and, and the wife. So um, the half days to me are the quick escape. You know, it, it's a quick head down to to the, uh, to the marina, whichever boat uh, locally from Pier Point all the way to uh, Marina del Rey. I have a lot of friends at Marina. That's sort of where I grew up fishing. So I tend to go there mostly, although I know there's better fishing on a half day down at you know San Pedro and you know I I love fishing the the Monte Carlo as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll do that, you know, just in an afternoon, get out there. When I was younger we we'd go with some friends and we'd go in the afternoon half day uh on the, the Del Mar and we stay for Twilight. When I was way younger, um we used to go Twilight and then jump on the overnight boat. Um you know, uh, wow, double dipping, yeah, yeah, double dip. yeah, yes. yeah. that's cool. that was 30 years ago, uh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nowadays, there's hardly almost any twilight trips up being offered. Nowadays, well, I can't even go do a half day and stay for the twilight, like, and I'm hurting. So Oliver, before we get you out of here, man, you have a box of baits that are right in between us that I've been dying to, to ask you about. Well, give us the breakdown on these. So uh, in a nutshell, you know, I'm surrounded by good people, like I said before. Right? Can, so can I take we, some out? And then, absolutely. Um, so we, uh, again, I you know, love fishing bass, right? And so I worked with a couple of guys that are in the industry. And they have their own little uh, companies. And I said, hey, you know, I want to... There's, there's these baits that I want I want us to make uh, because I I wanna I wanna start catching fish on our own baits. So I worked with a couple of guys on doing these wheatless uh, head we you know there's there's plenty out there right uh, so we, we just got a regular uh, mold uh, that I wanted to use. Uh, the important thing to me was where that um, 
where the line would be uh, on that uh, bait so it doesn't get snagged on the bottom and it's easier to pull through. And then there was um, these colors that I wanted to make, um, which are, you know, regular colors, but the, I was so specific on how much sparkle I wanted in there and, you know, the how light I wanted that Christmas tree mm-hmm. so that I want to make sure that it kind of looks like, you know, uh, a bait fish that's in the area, you know, your brown bait. This is uh, some, something you don't see every day, just basically pass that around. Um, it's basically your ghost shrimp um, in the right setting and look at the squid. Nice. You'd be surprised how you know, many fish we, we catch on that, on that thing. And you, and you can find this product on your website? It's on the website, uh, that and, and the plastics. Um, Throw a plug in for your website while we're at it, you know, I don't think we've had it uh, covered. So before. follow the name, Fishing Syndicate. We, we, uh, we hide in plain sight. That's our um, <laughs> Facebook handle, our Instagram handle, and our website, Fishing Syndicate. Awesome. Nice. And you're on um, Instagram as uh, you're for sure on Instagram, and you've got a pretty good following there, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's grown since we added um, Heather Ferrari, who uh, does the marketing for H&M Landing. She uh, joined us uh, this year, uh, beginning nice. of this year. So she's done a great job in raising awareness with the um, the younger crowd on Instagram. Heck yeah. Uh, um, and you also have surface irons and yo-yo jigs, yeah, right? Yeah, we have surface irons and yo-yo jigs. Uh, check them out. Uh, they're very solid-ish. Uh, that was definitely my favorite uh, jig. Uh, long story short is we reached out to a couple of people that were making a similar jig, uh, including Salas, and whoever responded first got the business. So we, we put our own touch. Uh, these things that glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Three main colors, which are your um, the three main colors, uh, your white and blue, uh, mint and white, mm-hmm. and uh, scrambled egg. And so the same jig that you're going to use in the day is the same jig you can use at night. Mm-hmm. It's automatically charging throughout the day and it'll glow. So there's two sizes right now, uh, surface iron and a, a yo-yo junior. Mm-hmm. The yo-yo full size is coming and a surface uh, junior is coming. And that's why the, we developed the S-Class 90J. There's an S-Class 90J junior on the way. So we're gonna make a whole series of that S last rod. And so I, I'm sick like that, Kevin. I, I can't just have one of each. I noticed that over here in this corner. In case you didn't notice, when I walked in, everything matches, the rods match. Wow. His shirt matches. Yes, sir. <laughs> People laugh at that, but I'm serious, you know. It matches that. the TWs yes, over here. Exactly. <laughs> so um, there's gonna be a whole series of that S last uh, rod. Oliver, well. when when you uh, a little while ago when we talked about baits and all that stuff, you said you made all your own swim baits for years and, and all that. Are these the same molds that you? No, no, these are different okay, molds. Different yeah, ones. yeah. Nice. Very yeah, the cool. guy that I'm working with, he, um, I, I basically you know financed it. I said, hey, you know, look into this, and I told him what we wanted, um, and it's just something generic for now. Mm-hmm. While we make the necessary changes to. Uh, Make them unique and and random. Nice. That's that's coming. Nice. One uh, one quick story for you, Oliver. Um, you know, I uh, periodically or, or sometimes whenever I have time or whatnot, I'll go work boats and all that uh, over the weekends. And I've got one guy who I consistently work with on the boat and all that, and he's a deckhand. Um, his name's Trevor. Every time I go, I always, you know, it's natural. You always bring a rod and all that. I always bring my jig stick, and that jig stick is a 900L. And I swear, I can't even fish that rod because he's fishing it for me. It's crazy. So it's it, big kudos to you, man. Uh, I, I love that stick. It's cool. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I love those nine-footers, too. Yeah. Um, we actually landed, not us, but one of, one of our guys landed a 100-pound bluefin on that 900L. Really? Our 900M, when we were literally prototyping it, uh, we got a 150-pound bluefin. And on the 900H, um, one of the captains in the fleet in San Diego landed a, a 190. So nice. um, when you get that perfect blend mm-hmm. and you put those tools in the right hands, uh, you know, you, you can do a lot of damage. And you see how light that rod is. Yeah. First thing people Very. say when they lift them, like, oh, this is so light. Yeah. Um, it, it, all, it all has to do with the design of the blank and the, component, the componentry that goes on the blank. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and speaking of components and using Batson, you mentioned it yeah. before? Yeah. Okay. All, all Alps. Everything Alps, else. right. Yeah, yeah sorry. We're, we're, we have a, a commitment with, uh, with Bill. Awesome. Well, that's great. Cool. So you're using quality stuff over that's here. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Oliver, dude, it's been awesome. I know uh, an hour just flew by. we got to extend these, Kevin. An hour. Yeah. yeah, can you believe that? Yeah, we gotta stop being so busy in the summer. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Tell the fish to stop biting, okay, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> Put the blame on you. <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. That's okay. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention, or if I mention it, I uh, want to bring it up again. You do have a store that people can come and visit and even hang out too, right? Yeah, so uh, showroom is in La Habra, 200 South Beach Boulevard. We are expanding. We're gonna uh, create a storefront uh, now. Nice. Um, we're making some changes uh, to how we are doing business because we now have 14, 15 dealers who are carrying uh, the rods. Uh, everything that we make will become available through the dealers uh, here um, You know, as soon as we are able to mass produce all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a change. Uh, we're going to add, there's going to be at least a couple more dealers being added. So the way this is going and all the phone calls that we're getting, um, then we're going to be up to about 20 dealers. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a small company, I started with a hole in the wall, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a little guy doing, sharing his passion. I'm pretty proud of where we are. And 20 dealers, five years into it, uh, you know, will be a milestone for us. Yeah, and, you know, some of those dealers, I mean, they're they're popping up all over the place, too. I mean, most notably, you know, I think a couple weeks ago, or like maybe a month ago, you just went all the way up to Santa Barbara yeah. with uh, with Jamie and Jason Diamond up yeah. at San- Santa Barbara Landing. That's cool. That's cool. that landing, and so, you know, we've known them, and we've been uh, supporting them, and they support us. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was great to, to put them there. And then we also have Hook, Line, and Sinker up there. Yep. H&M Landing, um, more San Diego dealers uh, on the way. We just added another one, I think, recently, right? Yeah, this one is um, Silmar. Okay. San Fernando Valley. Tackle Shop USA. Go check them out. Dude, it's a total bass shop. Yeah, I, uh, I, God, I went, that's where I got that one, bait. Mm. That was great seeing that. <laughs> and they're right next to one of the one of the better spots out there too. Yes, sir. Just saying. Yes, sir. This year went off. Did you fish that? No, dude. I've been so busy. You know. You did. You should have had some time in the winter. You should have had some time in the winter to do that. So we have a guy, Chris Arnold, who fishes the tournaments. Mm-hmm. He lives out there. Yeah. Uh, we sponsor him, and he would call me. He was actually fishing that day or yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we we're supposed to meet him. Just. Duty calls, man. We couldn't. Dang. Yeah. We couldn't. We couldn't go. We took a rod. When you're in the fishing industry, you get a season. So, so you like your fish a lot yes. less. So, uh, <laughs> That's award, so true. Award to the wise. If you love fishing, do not. Start fishing business. Do not start a fishing company. <laughs> <laughs> because you will never fish ever again. Uh, That's so true. You fish less. Yes. You fish less. Way less. <laughs> a lot of love goes into all these companies for sure. Yeah, you know, for good reason too. It's it's a it is for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, without people like you know um, all of us really, mm-hmm. uh, there wouldn't be people that are interested coming in. You know, that are like twelve and fourteen, like your son, and um, we need to keep that going. Yeah. New brands need to pop up, and and old brands need to do better, and um, make it more interesting for people coming in the sport. You know, absolutely. The more success we all have is better for the industry. That's right, hundred percent. Well, Oliver, I mean, I know I want to give a big shout out to some of your guys. I know you have, you know, <laughs> I don't know whether to call them the Click or a Posse or whatnot, but the you syndicate. have syndicate. The syndicate, yeah, yeah, that's right. But you have some amazing guys working for you, yeah. and we're not again. Uh, yeah. None of those are gangsters, by the way. We got associated with that, you know, with with the old English, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, there's there's definitely some some really good guys. I mean, you know, Rick Fuentes, uh, Joe Sarmiento, you know, writing for us, and uh, you know, GT, uh, Kyo GT, Justin Rapping, um, and you know, the list goes on and on. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're definitely surrounded by very good people. Absolutely, absolutely. Oliver, this has been fun, man. Thank absolutely. you so much for yeah, coming in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, one more time, how do people buy Fishing Syndicate rods? How do they get involved? How do they get a hold of you? Fishingsyndicate.com, uh, info at fishingsyndicate.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Fishing Syndicate, coming to the shop, 200 South Beach Boulevard in La Habra. Cool. Awesome. Kevin, I learned a lot today. How about you? 
Uh, this has been a phenomenal podcast. A great episode. Uh, a lot of people are going to value that information with you know blog uh, um, uh, rod components and blank building and, and understanding even like just to, to the depth of trying to protect your investments and keeping your rods protected and um, you know that's that's some good detail to, to know um, and you can only find it here on our podcast on the CCA podcast that's it yeah. you know like every single week we have amazing guests that come in and drop their knowledge bombs and um, I'm sure that you know, as we go on with the next couple, few few more episodes, I don't, I don't think we're going to stop anytime soon at this rate. We're not stopping at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this, this will be episode what? I, I leave it on you now because I started calling them wrong. Oh, a why, <laughs> why do you do that? Uh, this is going to be episode... Uh, twenty five. Yeah, 25. it's been it's been a while. We got a lot of uh, a lot of business done here on this podcast, and um, you know it's 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 that's a milestone for us. Yeah. We're a quarter of the way there to our centennial. You know, in two yeah. years' time, hopefully, we'll have a centennial. Yeah, Oliver, we're gonna have a big party for our centennial, and you got to be there now. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Let's have that barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We definitely do appreciate uh, you helping us grow the community around this podcast, around CCA in general as well. Guys, make sure you're following us following us on Instagram at CCA California. Join CCA. It's 35 bucks a year. We'd love to have you. And uh, our strength is in numbers, and we need our numbers to grow for sure. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.